0: today's episode of the This Is Believe One podcast, I would like to bring back the one, the only, the legend from Metsmerized Online, Tim Ryder. Hey, James. Thanks for having me back, man. Well, I figured a good person to bring about, you know on the podcast to talk about uh, Major League Baseball labor negotiations. Uh, we seem to have similar viewpoints, I guess. So... Things aren't going well right now, and that's not necessarily unexpected. <laughs> well, I think that um, the sides are coming a little
1: bit closer, which is a good sign. Um, it feels like they know they're under the gun to, to get a deal done if they, if they do want to fit in a, a 60 or a 70 or an 80-game season. Um, I guess Commissioner Rob Manfred came out on Wednesday and said that MLB was preparing a counter-proposal to the Players Association's 89-game full prorated pay, uh, I guess regular season extending into October proposal from Tuesday. And uh, they've yet to come back, but Manfred did say that an 89-game schedule is unrealistic. But he also said that and he said it i'll quote unequivocally we will play baseball in 2020 um apparently major league baseball has the uh right to exercise a clause in an agreement or something or other that they can pretty much force the players back onto the field for a 48 or 50 game season at full pay of course but um if, if the league wanted to they could go that route of course uh this could just be another negotiation tactic, which we've seen a whole bunch of. But um, you know, I, I think that uh, Whit Merrifield from the Royals, he, he said it's a fair, sensible, compromised proposal that the players, associate, uh, players Association put out there. They just want to play the game, and that—that that was mm-hmm. his. He put that on Twitter. So you know, there's a um, there's certainly uh, the motivation on both sides to play. I'm sure the owners want to make their money. The players want to go out there and just, you know, they want to go to work just like anybody, everybody else does, uh, you know, we're slowly but surely returning, but, uh, you know, we all know how it feels. You just want to go back to work. So, uh, you know, you have to wonder whether I, I guess I know the the, the, the whole posturing and negotiating, uh, aspect of this has just kind of gotten out of control, especially in the public eye. But, uh, you know, there's there's oh so many legs to stand on.
0: Yeah, uh, you you mentioned the ability for the league to mandate a 48 or 50 game season or whatever it was. Uh, I think it's important to note that uh, the players are unable to do a strike in this situation, or you know, you know, because it would be classified as an illegal strike. At least that's what's being reported. But the way I see it is, a strike doesn't happen if both sides are happy. So. Uh, that's just how I see it I mean I understand that it would be a, a breach of contract and all this other stuff but strikes aren't done when everybody is on the same page contract wise so if if players don't show up if they try to make a season happen under you know the the league's rules or the way the league wants it I would I wouldn't blame them uh, I even tweeted it out the other day I highly encourage it oh sure and um you know I, everyone keeps pointing to
1: a middle ground of you know even if it's 70 let's say 75 games mm-hmm. at a at a 15% um even a deferred salary a 15% across the board you know everybody's going to get their money on the player side um, there's going to be, you know, as close to a half season uh, as we can get. It's not 50 games. 50 games is just, in my eyes, would have no credibility as a season. Uh, this 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 game cannot be, you know, a season can't be condensed that much and uh, you still come out with a, a valid champion on the other end. Um, even, a, you know, an 82-game season, yeah, is everyone going to remember that this was a really short season? Sure, but at least it has – um, the chance for teams to have ups and downs, the chance for players mm-hmm. to go through slumps and go through hot streaks. And, uh, you know, there's got to be a middle ground here. I guess that's what it comes down to. Um, I think the players just, if if MLB wants to kind of stand on or, or die on the hill of we're losing money, the Players Association have, you know, continuously uh, asked for MLB to open up their books to show that they're ha- that they're experiencing, you know, financial losses to this extent that they can't afford to pay players their contracted salaries on a per game basis, but um, you know, they've been stonewalled, and as a as a private entity, MLB doesn't have to show, um, they don't have to open their books, they don't have to show their financials, but in, in the midst of a negotiation where you know everyone's kind of well-being is at hand right now uh-huh. um you kind of have to there's got to be a compromise there's, there has to be some sort of give and take where you know all right sure you guys are losing money and and you know we're i'm in no position to say that the that major league baseball is uh I guess how, how, how else can I put it, but cooking the books Mm -hmm. because, um, you know, there's no solid proof to that because we don't know the books. (laughs) We've never seen them, but, um, you know, the players certainly have a valid gripe when it comes to, uh, just not having the, you can tell me the sky is blue, but unless I see the sky is blue, I'm not, you know, if I've never seen it before, I'm not going to believe you. Mm -hmm. Um, it might be a silly analogy, but, and i you know i got off off topic a little bit but um, oh that, it all it all does kind of... of tie in it really does kind of tie in because you know if everyone goes to the table and everyone leaves the table happy you know we could just get back to baseball and i think that's the most important thing right now um you know bickering over a few million dollars when the the, the pot is you know 10 11 billion a year it, it just seems <clears throat> foolish
0: yeah at one point there was um uh... Report that like the collective amount of money that they were talking about, difference-wise in terms of you know uh prorated salary versus half of prorated salary, I think it averaged out to somewhere around eleven million dollars per team. And if, if you're telling me a major league baseball organization can't pay an extra eleven million dollars right now, you're just flat out lying, <laughs> in my opinion. Oh well,
1: you know, look at look at what they're doing with minor leaguers; it's saving them you know that's an average of like 50 joke. <laughs> it's saving saving teams an average of like $50,000 a month that's chump change that's literally they give away more shit at the door mm-hmm. at, at the door of the stadium um than than 50 than $50,000 a a month they probably give out a $100,000 for every night they do a giveaway at the stadium mm-hmm. it's just you know um You have to wonder where their priorities land. Like MLB can still, and I I don't know if I've said it on this pod or on my pod, but they could still come out of this, you know, smelling like a rose. They Mm -hmm. really could. If they just went out there and said, look, guys, we're going to pay you. We're going to play an 82-game season. We're going to pay you what we owe you. MLB is going to cover the team's losses so everybody can just continue on. We'll eat it. We'll – I'm sorry, Mike. I I got a little necklace on, and it's jingling in the the microphone. Oh, you're good. (laughs) <laughs> um, but, you know, they can come out of this and they can, quote unquote, save the day and just say, look, guys, we're going to eat this. We're a freaking $13 billion a year industry. We got it. And, um, you know, we could have been they could have been starting baseball on Fourth of July as planned. They could have been in in spring training or second spring training yesterday, yesterday mm-hmm. being the, the 10th. But um, that opportunity is still out there. And, you know, <laughs> with so much tension focused on these issues after the 2021 season, when the CBA expires, um, you know, the tension here is just going to be a precursor to that tension. And that's going to be magnified times a thousand. It's, uh, it's concerning that, you know, we were going to lose a half season, if not more this year. And, uh, you know, there could be another lengthy worth work stoppage after next season. And, uh, you know, what we've seen so far out of this COVID-19 negotiation process has, uh, If it's, you know, if it's shown us anything, is that this is not going to be
0: pretty. Yeah, this is pretty much just the warm-up to what we're going to get next year. Yeah. Uh, And that's kind of terrifying because this has been terrible. Uh, And, you know, every which way around, it's been terrible just to sit here and watch them, you know, go back and forth over money that we all know that these baseball teams can't afford to spend. They're just not willing to do so. Uh, something you said earlier. All they have to do is open up the books. You open up yeah. the books and prove you're losing money. This is the yeah. o- this is the opposite of the Tommy Boy Butcher's ass T-bone scenario where you're you're not taking the, their word for it that they're losing this money. You need to see them actually losing money. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? And then,
1: and then and then we'll we'll start to listen or start to think about you know giving up our hard-earned contracts. You know they've already lost a half season to you know, forces outside of their control, the players, mm-hmm. but um, to give up any more when these are the guys that are going to be out there risking their health, uh, it, it just, you know, I know we've kind of beat this thing to a pulp, but um, it, it's it's just beyond ridiculous that that MLB would expect the players to, to take such hefty pay cuts. And, uh, you know, I get it. Everyone's tight right now, um, but put yourself in their shoes if you were a baseball player and you had those extraordinary skills to pray, play this game at a professional level and make millions of dollars to do so, um, would you expose yourself or, 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 or put yourself in harm's way, uh, for less money than you're supposed to get paid. And that goes for anybody in any, and any walk of life,
0: uh-huh.
1: would you expose yourself for, for, for less pay? Um, I, you know, I, I can't say that I would, um, you know, For a person living paycheck to paycheck, of course, I, you know, (laughs) I I don't think that uh, that I I could survive something like that. But, you know, I do my best to keep my dignity. You know, Mm -hmm. those original numbers that were getting tossed out there, the 80 percent pay cut for the most, uh, you know, for the highest paid players. That's just disrespectful. It It was a. It was really it was a gut shot, and I think that kind of set the tone for these negotiations. Like it was pretty much an fu from the from the starting gun, and um, you know things aren't going to get any better from that point.
0: Yeah, it was pretty much like the start of the Lance Armstrong documentary, where he pretty much just said fuck you, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, fuck you, and that's basically how these negotiations started. Uh,
1: <laughs> I haven't seen that yet. I've only seen the clip. <laughs> so I know what you're talking about. You know exactly what I'm that. talking
0: about. That's that's pretty much yeah. where we're off with. And <laughs> the tactic from uh the owners of Major League Baseball was essentially put these giant numbers of, you know, the Garrett Cole, Mookie Betts, those guys, Mike Trout making 30, 35 million dollars because Those are the big numbers, and what they're trying to do is turn the public against them. But the reality is 65% of the players make a million dollars or less, and chances are their careers last three years or less. So it's not about the guys making a lot of money. It's about the 65% of the players that they're going to have to get a real job after their playing days are over. They're not going to be able to just keep playing baseball. At some point, you know, they're going to have to either transition to a scout or a coach or... You know what? Maybe they got to start selling insurance or houses or cars or find something, you know, to actually do with their time, to actually keep themselves, you know, uh, living. You know, you have to think that,
1: you know, for the guys who don't have these mega contracts or multi-year deals um, until they get to that point in their career. You know, these guys are fighting and scratching and clawing just to stay on the roster. In most cases, and sure, you know some of them make a name for themselves, and some of them uh, even make it to free agency and do well. But a, a, a large portion of professional ball players don't even make it to that point. Mm-hmm. They don't even make it to the majors. It's such a small percentage, and uh, you know that's why this all ties in together because you have minor league ball players, and now they're cutting that pool, you know, down to a whatever percentage it is. It's just sickening. Um, And it it almost feels like, uh, you know, the game – and this comes from uh, on the player side as well. Nobody really cares about the future of the game. That blows my mind. Mm -hmm. That aspect completely blows my mind. But, uh, you know, in the the spirit of things, you know, you try to keep a positive outlook on it, and these guys are fighting for – you know, they're fighting the good fight right now. They're trying to make it to the majors, and they're going through just – atrocious, um, uh, living conditions and travel conditions and, uh, just, you know, p- piss poor salaries, but they're doing it out of love. And, you know, you have to respect that, but, uh, you just wish that the, <laughs> the players association would have their back considering that these, some of these guys are going to be members of that players association at one point. Mm-hmm. And I get it that the minor leaguers are going to take the major leaguers jobs one day and nobody wants to really root that on, but, um, it's all part of the process. Uh, you know, and it's just, you know, there's so many moving parts that, uh, the biggest one, which would be getting back on the field and kind of letting the game do its own PR work. Cause once it, once everybody starts seeing, you know, you know, crisp sliders on the black and, and 450 foot home runs, um, all the negative stuff, you know, it's still there, but it kind of falls to the wayside. And, you know, I think as a baseball fan, I'm okay with that. <laughs> just give me my fucking game back.
0: Yeah, that's it's pretty uh, it's a pretty good point right there. Uh, once the game gets going again, I think everyone will start, you know, being a little bit uh, happier. Uh, <clears throat> to, to harp on the owners again, because that's just what we're going to do here uh, today. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the way I see it with the money, they came into this season this year. With a certain amount of resources, or expected certain amount of resources allocated to paying players' salaries, so they expected spending whatever X number was on players this year. Even at full prorated salaries for half a season, that's still half of what they would have been paying this year. What they expected to pay, I guess, if you know what I mean. So they expected, yeah. let's say, spend 100 million. They're spending 50 at a full prorated salary. I, I don't think that there's enough people, I guess, looking at it in that manner because everyone's focused on, you know, what the payroll is and full prorated. And I was I'm like, look at it. They expected to spend twice as much as that they would over a full prorated salary for half a season. They're saving. I'm not necessarily saving, but I understand there's other aspects and factors at play. But if you were to tell a business owner six months ago that you're only going to spend half of what you expected to uh, this year, on you know x resource granted the scenario we're in is not the best they would sign up for that every day (laughs) yeah i guess but you know you have to take into account
1: the lack the loss of revenue at the gate Mm -hmm. um you know i I, i've heard reports that that's up to 40 percent of mlb's total revenue stream which
0: i call bullshit um i'd say it's a case in case case by case basis
1: Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine. I
0: don't know if it's that high, With with the
1: TV, yeah, with the TV money rolling in, I can't imagine the gate racks up 40%, but yeah, I'm sure it's a team to team basis. And, uh, um, you know, I wouldn't be shocked. Like the Mets claim that they lose $50 million a year. Um, that's not necessarily shocking. It's just super depressing that (laughs) these guys can't, you know, they own a team in the biggest market in America, arguably, but probably, Mm -hmm. And they can't turn a fucking profit. It blows my mind on a daily basis. Um, There's so much, you know, opportunity. And all you have to do is spend a little money, put fans in the seats, and you will reap the benefits. We've seen it happen before. Uh The Yankees have been doing it for 30 freaking years. Um, It's just, you know, some teams don't take advantage of what they have and – the Will Ponds seem to be one of them. But we got good news this week. There might be new owners coming in New York. So, uh, do,
0: do you want to get a, a quick fuck the Will Ponds in there? Or? Oh, fuck the Will Ponds, <laughs> I,
1: I can't really say that because, you know, I'm a conspiracy theory. They're listening, man. No, um, You know, we have to kind of – for a blogger, it's very tough to, uh, to gain any access whatsoever. So uh, when we do gain access, we kind of have to hold on to it real, real tight. So – Coming out and saying that, like, on a consistent basis is, uh, would probably get me in trouble, but I'm on a Cleveland podcast, so yeah, fuck the Will podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, you know, um, <clears> that's <throat> I, I, just the, I guess, the voice and, I guess, attitude of Mets fans everywhere. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it really is. And the guys who are, uh, who stepped in to possibly
1: purchase or make a bid. Uh, The current owners of the uh, Philadelphia 76ers in the NBA and the NHL's New Jersey Devils, uh, Josh Harris and David Blitzer, Um, you know, lots of money. There have been complaints about how they run their teams, um, but they have been turning profits, uh, you know, left and right. They're not afraid to go out and spend a little money. Um, I'm hoping that the errors they made and kind of, building up Philly and breaking it down before it, not really breaking it down, but not taking advantage of what they had there. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe they learned the lesson or to a certain extent, or maybe that wasn't even in their, their hands or their capabilities, but uh, you know, uh, anything's got to be better than the current ownership group in, uh, in Queens.
0: Uh, yeah. Can't be worse than the well ponds. Uh, knock on wood. Uh. (laughs) i'm still i'm still holding out hope that steve cohen comes back i'll even take a rod and j-lo i really will Uh, i gotta ask as a mets fan how much does it hurt to know that he wanted to go to the mets but instead went to the yankees who a
1: rod yeah okay so um i'm old enough to remember this all going down very very clearly okay so Uh, A-Rod and the Mets were hot for each other, man. There was a lot, a lot of uh, chemistry going on there. If they were, um, if they were, uh, you know, two young people dating, there was just a lot of, uh, a lot of chemistry. So how the story goes is that A-Rod's demands outside of his contract, which of course was going to be astronomical. Mm -hmm. He wanted certain perks. He wanted, um, I remember one of the things he wanted was a private jet and um, (laughs) you know, if the best player in baseball, it, it possibly the best player of his generation, uh, steroids or not, I don't even care at this point. Mm-hmm. It was a steroid. We can't ignore. We can't just say, oh, yeah, he, he cheated. No, he didn't. Everybody was fucking cheating. But anyway, um, if the best player in baseball wants a fucking plane, you give him a plane. Like, <laughs> it's pretty simple. It, imagine having A-Rod and Piazza on the same team in 2000 against the Yankees. We would have beat them we i i always try not to say we when i'm talking about sports teams but i was 17 at the time so yes we we would have beat them.
0: (laughs) um then you would have i mean you have a rod going into that time where you bring up david wright and you know those mid-2000s late 2000s teams and
1: yeah i mean you know they had reyes and wright pretty much not they weren't in the system yet but um they weren't even drafted in 2000 i guess uh well 2001 they got drafted Mm -hmm. they were both coming out of high school. But, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, it would have really bridged that gap well. And, uh, you know, I don't even think I, I would have loved A-Rod on the Mets. Those years that he was with Texas were, were probably his best seasons. Uh-huh. Um, you know, he was still really good as a Yankee. <laughs> oh, he was, he was amazing as a Yankee. And he was one of the guys I rooted for. I always liked A-Rod. I remember when he came up. Uh, 95, he played in some games with the Mariners. I want to say, um, you know, so much hype, man. And, and you know, he, 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 he uh, just a fun, fun player to watch. Um, it, honestly, I'm, I, I'm kind of pleased personally with how he's kind of turned the narrative around. Uh, you know, he'll never shed the stain of the steroids, but you know what? It's a sign of the times. Yeah. I know we got, off, I'm sorry, dude. We always get off track when I oh, come on a, the show. I apologize. That was fine. <laughs>
0: it 's always always a good topic uh you know a rod uh, <clears throat> great player uh definitely would have made an interesting impact for the Mets um, uh, I do have a a rod rookie card when he was with the mariners in my collection nice which i 'm pretty nice. happy with
1: uh <laughs> most definitely the uh the best um the best Seattle mariners uniform combo. Uh, in their history, by far, was mm-hmm. the uh, the original, those original teals and, and dark blues. Those were so cool, man.
0: Those were pretty, those are pretty sweet. Uh, I am yeah. quite partial to those, uh, those earlier uh, 80s ones, the dark blue and yellow. I do like that kind of look, that retro throwback look. The, the Griffey rookies, yeah. Yeah, those ones are sweet. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Now, uh, one last uh, Mets thing, then we'll uh, go into my conspiracy theory. Not really a conspiracy theory, but uh, uh, some more discussion about the owners and their contract negotiations. Um, It recently came to my attention that uh, Bobby Bonilla is not the only player who used to play for the Mets that they are currently still paying. Uh, They are still currently paying Brett Saberhagen $250,000 a year until 2028. Oh
1: yeah! Oh, I the didn't list know that. Goes on.
0: I didn't. Oh, that I was did not, not know that.
1: <laughs> so, um, over at Metsmerized, the site that I write for, um, at Metsmerized on Twitter, if anybody wants to check it out, uh, Mike Mayer, he is our executive editor. Uh, back in 2019, so last summer, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's when everyone gets paid on July 1st in, in most cases, mm-hmm. uh, when their money gets deferred in baseball. So Mike put together. I think this is like 130 tweet thread of all the deferred money. So uh, yeah, it's becoming more and more prevalent now, but that Bobby Bonilla one, man, that hangs over the Mets. Now, the money that the Mets saved by cutting Bobby Bonilla and paying off the rest of his contract now, let them sign Mike Hampton in 2000. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: When Mike Hampton left after the 2000 season, the compensation pick they received was David Wright. So, uh, and I believe there's one more part to that chain. No, 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 there's not. I thought there was, but I thought there was an ending part to that chain. But, I mean, you know, everything happens for a reason. In the end, is it worth it? You know, from a business and operations side, sure, I think that's well worth it. From the long-lasting ridicule of still paying Bobby Bonilla and that stupid picture of him smiling with that, (laughs) you know – I know I'm making money for the next 30 years. Do you like, do you know how much his original? They owed him like $5 million. It was nothing. It was nothing. It's nothing. And over the course of this deferral, they're going to be, he's going to be getting something like a hundred something million dollars, $90 million. It's just, it, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. But, uh, Hey, Bobby Boat you know, I, I was like 10 when they signed him in 92. And that was very exciting, man. Coming from the pirates, he was a superstar. And uh, just didn't work out.
0: Uh, Bob was always going gonna the attention, but when I saw the Brett Saberhagen thing, I was just like, "There's another player that they're paying to over twenty years." I just, I, I just, I thought it was interesting. It was something I just, I, I, think... I don't remember who tweeted it, but I was just like, "Really, Brett Saberhagen? They're paying that was this was money every year?" <laughs> yeah,
1: no, and they, um... <laughs> uh, Brett Saberhagen when he came, he's originally from Long Island, New York, where I'm from. Uh-huh. Um, when he came back and signed with the Mets, he, uh, he built in the town that he grew up in, which is actually a town from where I grew up in, he built Brett Saber hitting, hitting fun. I'm sorry. It wasn't hit and run. It was Brett Saberhagen's hitting fun. It was a batting cages <laughs> and arcade place. And, uh, that like, I guess opening night, me and my buddy Mike are sitting outside and it, again, we're, I don't know, 12, 13. We're just hanging out. And uh, we see this new place, and it's it's opening night. But they're like, no, it's a private party. So we're just kind of hanging out like on the sidewalk around mm-hmm. it. And some guy's leaving. He's like, hey, you guys want our tickets? We go inside, and it's like half the Mets roster. It's half the Islanders roster. You got guys from uh, – man, I, I wish I could find this autograph. I got a, a, the ticket autographed, And, got, it, dude, it, there were so many people there. It was like uh, – it was a 12-year-old's dream. That's we awesome. walk in, and it's like – Oh my God, Pat Lafontaine! What's up, bro? Sign my shit. <laughs> like it was, it was a uh, a wild night. But yeah, Brett Saberhagen, man, pay him all he wants because that night, at least to me, that's uh, is well worth it. Especially when it's not my money.
0: All right, one last thing about the Mets. It wouldn't be a Mets discussion without bringing up the Mets misery bracket. Uh, Brett Saberhagen shooting uh, with the uh, shooting reporters with bleach from a super soaker. He did that.
1: He definitely did that. What they the fuck? That,
0: that team threw um, uh,
1: lit firecrackers out of the team bus at Dodgers fans. What the fuck? That team – oh, yeah. That team shot bleach at reporters, Newsday reporters. I want to say it was Neil Best. Again, this is – like I was still pretty young for all this. I was like 10, 11 years old. But I want to say it was Neil Best from Newsday, but I cannot confirm that. Um Yeah. And then you can go back to 86. I mean, they were literally setting each other's feet on fire in the dugout, giving them hot foots. (laughs) They would put a, uh, they would put a book of matches like underneath, like, you know, how baseball players Mm -hmm. have the little flap over their cleats or used to. Yeah. Um, they would put a a book of matches there and light it and then, you know, walk away and the player's foot, it's called a hot foot. They set it on fire. (laughs) They did it all season. Oh, my God. And that's like, you know, that's the PG-13 stuff.
0: Um, Some of the stories that came out
1: of those late 80s, early 90s uh, Mets clubhouses are just legendary. You know, even in 2001, um, Tony Tarasco, Grant Roberts and someone else, uh, they got caught smoking weed in the locker room. They're doing bong hits or something like really funny stuff. Only the Mets, bro. It's it's not even Mets misery. It's it's it, it's it's just so funny that you can't even be like, oh, oh, it's my team.
0: No, it's we expect it at this point. I mean just it's just one of those moments you just have to sit there and laugh just because it's just like uh We fucking get one course. a week <laughs> We
1: get one a week. That you just have to laugh. It's like oh like, all right. And, and to top it all off, like, you know, I know we just talked about it, but the Wilpons led a $2.6 billion sale before the largest economic downturn in American history um, fall apart because they didn't want to relinquish control soon enough. Like only the, only the Mets could, um or only the Wilpons could, um, could, could screw something up so bad. And they were selling it without the, without the TV network.
0: Mm-hmm. Now
1: they have to sell the TV, TV network and they're Lucky to get two point five billion. Oh,
0: okay. Let me throw a scenario out here. I'm putting you on. Please a hot, do. Seat. hot seat. Oh, I love it. Okay. You have two options. There's no in between. Okay. One. There is no baseball this year, but the Wilpons sell the team. Or, there is baseball, and the Wilpons stay the owners.
1: Um. Well. All right. I'm going to answer both sides. The second part, which was Pond's stay owner, mm-hmm. um, you know, theoretically, okay, cool. We'll buy that. But per reports, they have not been able to make their margin calls, their capital calls, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're having trouble making their rent payments uh, at City Field. Mm-hmm. So it's gone from a want-to-sell to a have-to-sell scenario reportedly, allegedly, yeah. whatever you want to call it. So let's just say that, um, yes, all that stuff was out of the question, and, and they would – they would we would get baseball, but they would keep the team. Yes. Um,
0: the baseball no. happening saves the Wilpons.
1: No, I would not go with that <laughs> only because I've already kind of reserved that there's going to be no baseball in my mind just to prepare myself for the worst. And I'm actually okay with it. I'm actually like I'm really looking forward to NBA and stuff. And yeah. if it, you know, of course, I'll be heartbroken if there's no baseball. But I'm preparing myself for the, for that. So um, yeah, if it turns out there's no baseball and the Wilpons are out. I, I, I think I sign up for that a million times
0: out of a million. I, I think you are speaking for Mets fans everywhere uh, because of that. <laughs> you know, No baseball but the little pounds are gone? Sign me up! Let's go!
1: And, and <laughs> honestly, that could be kind of a byproduct of there being no baseball. Because without baseball, they can't pay their bills. Mm-hmm. They have so many loans. They had to take out so many loans just to keep this team when the whole Bernie Madoff thing went down. Mm-hmm. Um, It's amazing that they still own the team, you know, MLB pri- uh, pushed, uh, excuse me, pushed Frank McCourt out of LA, you know, a- after a messy divorce and, and some other things, but, yes. um, you know, it, it's, it makes, uh, you know, whatever the Wilpons did kind of makes Frank McCourt's stuff look like it was only just because of the divorce, like it, it, it it's just, it, it's baffling that they're still able to, uh, to own a team when they can't pay their bills. Yeah. That that kinda has no place in Major League Baseball. And I don't say that like I say that unbiased. I say that I would say that about the Texas Rangers owners if they couldn't you know, if they couldn't pay their bills. Like, oh well maybe it shouldn't be professional sports owners then. Um, and to be and to do it in New York, that's just, you know, beyond the beyond the
0: pale. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like malpractice. I mean you're in one of the largest sports markets and you can't even pay your bills. It's like, it, it, it's it's almost a layup to be able to have everything right there in front of you, but y- you airballed it somehow.
1: <laughs> well, you know, people, they were, okay, let's just leave it at they were tied up with Madoff. Now, a lot of people lost money and they were getting paid back from the whole Madoff scandal um, mm-hmm. from restitution. The Wilpons had to pay restitution they had to pay back money so um you know them crying poor that oh we lost money with madoff well no you only lost money because you had to pay back what you made (laughs) um again so many just shady dealings and uh yeah you know we you're preaching to the choir as far as uh how can this go on we've been you know we've been barking up this tree for the last 10 years Mm -hmm. I mean, they stopped spending money Pretty much after Johan Santana. They signed him in 2008. That was the last, like, mega deal they signed. They signed David Wright to a contract extension, uh, which they kind of had to, you know, they had to sign. Yeah. They signed Cespedes to that deal that's kind of blown up in their faces. Well, pretty much blown up in their faces. But, again, they kind of
0: had to. Um, uh, well, after who, what who he knew he did, that he was going to live out, you know, the plot to Jumanji, okay?
1: Well, apparently <laughs> apparently the Mets knew that his heels were fucked, they, they totally knew that his heels were would need surgery at some point. But he said, I'll play through it. It'll be fine. And he just couldn't. And that's what kind of led to the whole Boar thing because he was home on his ranch rehabbing. But um, playing with Boars, of course, because that's an integral part of rehab is playing with Boars. Um, <laughs> but uh, and then they signed DeGrom, which, again, you have to sign DeGrom. But they haven't gone out and made a big free agent splash in, in since 2008. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, you know. You don't have to go out and buy, you know, spend stupid money every year, but you do have to go out and you have to feel the competitive team. Yes. One, you owe it. You owe it to Major League Baseball because you're part of a, a fraternity that, you know, it's a certain level of respect and a certain level of gainsmanship. You go out there and, and you, you feel the team. New York National League is a very big part of Major League Baseball. It has been since the Giants and the Dodgers. Um, they're They're kind of shitting all over that whole aspect of they, they forgot what they mean to the baseball world. Yes. When the Mets are a joke, um, it's not good for baseball. And I'm not saying the Mets carry so much weight, but New York is a, you know, it, it's, it's a, a big market. It's a big part of this game. Mm-hmm. And to, to look across town and see what the Yankees done for, for so long and not go out there and try to win a championship every year um, and still have diehard fans. It, you know it speaks volumes of us <laughs> but it it absolutely um it, it just it it puts a stain on this ownership group for what they've done to such a gem of the national league it oh man i'm sorry bro i got out a lot of anger and oh. i vented a lot of stuff <laughs> in that um Boy, that felt great. (laughs)
0: Hey, anything to make you feel better right now? (laughs) We we got no baseball. This is Believe Land, bro. This is Believe Land. We can do whatever we want. I feel so much better. (laughs) That's good. Uh, Now time to make it not feel so good again. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, with these negotiations between Major League Baseball and the Players Association, uh, since the beginning, uh, we've been hearing this they want to get the season done by you know a certain date because they're worried about a second wave of the coronavirus now let me preface this by saying yes this is a real concern and it's something that it shouldn't be taken lightly however i think they're just masking that or using that to mask what their true intentions are and that's the fact that all of the playoff days on the networks, everything else is already slated in in October, so they don't want to mess with that to conflict with any other thing. So they're using the coronavirus as a way to, I guess, not sound greedy. And that just sounds really shitty.
1: Yeah, and it's totally hypocritical because they've been um, pushing players to return to the field amid a pandemic. But now they, oh, well, we don't want to go because there could be a pandemic. Um, you know, and I get it. MLB doesn't want to go up against the NFL on a Sunday or the college football on a Saturday afternoon or, or the, or a Thursday night NFL game or what have you, uh, with their playoff stuff. But you know what? It's going to happen. Everyone's going to be kind of fucked up for a while. Um, oh, we, I've gone into just no filter mode. Sorry. For <laughs> um, you know, just, it, it almost makes you think, uh, what are they thinking? Mm-hmm. Cause you know, you have. Again, it's they're, they're just wasting opportunity after opportunity to get this done, just to get these little meaningless victories that, um, in the end, are going to mean fucking nothing. And if it does mean something, it only means something to them, and that's uh, incredibly selfish.
0: Yeah, it, Jeff Passon reported that the TV networks don't want to move the playoff games, but the way I see it, baseball already broadcasts stuff on non-network television for the playoffs. They have games on... You know, uh, TBS, they have their own channel, MLB Network. I'm sure they could show stuff on ESPN. You don't need to exclusively have stuff on Fox. I mean, you could show it on Fox Sports 1. You could even probably find some way to put it on, like, the the regional sports network of that area. I mean, basketball's going to be doing its own thing, and I'm pretty sure it's just going to be, like, an ESPN exclusive for that. So that frees up all the other channels that are not being used. I mean I'm sure there's a lot it's a lot more difficult and it's not easy just say saying do this but there are ways to make it work beyond this September 27th end date that they're trying to push for.
1: Yeah oh for sure and um, you know personally, I think uh, a season running till early October and then playoffs you know dipping into November, even a World Series at a uh, at a neutral site, If you have to, if it goes a little far, Mm -hmm. I think that would take precedent over a, you know, a shitty Thursday night game or or whatever, what have you. I I think that people would watch that, especially during these times where, you know, baseball fans are just so thirsty for sports and they're so thirsty for baseball. That high is going to continue as soon as once we get it, that's going to continue straight through to next season. Mm -hmm. We're going to we're going to get baseball back. We're going to fall in love with it again and we're going to watch the shit out of it and that's why you know losing money at the gate the 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 owners standing on this leg makes no sense because there's going to be more eyes on screens this year than ever before this mm-hmm. is unprecedented tv money um, why would they shy away from that if you're confident in your product go up against the nfl on a shitty thursday night game talk to the nfl see if you could put you know the dolphins or the you know Sh- I shouldn't talk about the Dolphins. They're on the upswing, but
0: uh, here we know. go. Yeah, uh, you know Browns, Bengals, or Titans, Jaguars. Or... Oh, I
1: didn't want to go Browns, Bengals. Oh. You're an Ohio guy, uh, dude. Come on, I-, I-, I know what
0: that. Your kid's listeners will be. Your listeners would be just aghast. <gasps> oh my God, the Browns <laughs> are playing shitty on Thursday night. Never saw that coming.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, you guys, you guys got a little Mets fan in. You. I could, I could
0: hear that. <laughs> we are more similar uh that i think you uh, i think many people think we are uh <laughs> yo this is why mets fans get along with white Sox fans cuz
1: we are uh, we're we're the, we're the beaten up little brothers that,
0: that that's been the cleveland browns since their return to existence let me tell you that uh yeah. <clears throat> they're not even like the little brother they're like the beaten up neighbor kid uh, that's a
1: proud fan that's a proud proud fan base man <laughs> i went to a giants browns game and this is years ago. This is when they first switched uniforms. Oh God, like the first year they switched with the Cleveland on the front. Oh God,
0: those were so hideous.
1: They weren't that bad. It was just a little it was a a bit of an eyesore. but I like the <laughs> originals. I like what they went back to too. um but boy, these guys traveled in you know, and nas there oh. were so many Browns fans and everybody was so nice. Mm-hmm. They got blown out and these guys just got drunk and they were really, really fun. <laughs> you know, we're used to seeing Eagles fans or Redskins fans and everyone wants to fight. Yeah. Browns fans would, they were having a blast. Oh, they were having
0: such a good time. Yep. Browns backers worldwide. Uh, largest fan base of any team, uh, outside of soccer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shout so. out,
1: shout out to my buddy, Sean, who, he he moved out to Long Island for a few years in high school. Went back near like Columbus or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Sean for turning me to the Browns
0: long long time ago. Uh, but <clears throat> I don't remember where we were. Where were we that we got to the Browns somehow? Oh, scheduling. Uh, that's where
1: it is. Uh, yeah, bro. Tangents, bro. That's what I do when I come on the show. I apologize. I mean,
0: there's a way to get uh, there's a way to get around this, and I just I think that. They're, they're, they're trying to be difficult for the sake of being difficult and yeah. try to get their their own way. I mean, let's be honest, everyone's using this, you know, NFL return or NFL schedule. I mean, we don't even know if they're even going to be playing games on time. So, I mean, there's definitely a, a potential for them to have a delayed start to their season too.
1: You know, um, yeah. I, the NFL has been pretty adamant that though we're starting and, you know, Unless we hear otherwise, we're going with things as planned, and you know that's fine. We'll we'll see how that uh how that shakes out. But mm-hmm. um, you know it, MLB also say feels it sounds like they feel very strongly that they're they're going to play this year, and uh, I just hope it doesn't get to the point where there's such acrimony that the players' union does say, you know there there may be cause for them to just sit out and as per i think mlb said that all players will have the option to sit out this year um due to concerns or, or what have you but um you know if replacement players come into the picture oh, uh, that's oh my god that's where uh mlb is just gonna lose so many fans you can't you can't let it get to that and mlb taking the narrative of we're going to force players to get on the field we're going to exercise our right to do so um they're not explicitly saying that they're going to you know turn to replacement players but when you're starting that kind of conversation um that's certainly one of the next logical steps and that's um that's scary. That's going to do more damage than than anything, and that's pretty much what stopped the '94 strike. Was uh-huh. replacement players were getting ready to take the field, <laughs> and they said, no, "No, no, this is not going to happen," because the ripple effects just would have been, you know, catastrophic. And uh, yeah, you can't let it get to that point. But again, I- I'm going to stay positive. They're getting closer with their proposals. Um, I- on my on on our show, uh, I had two buddies, Jerry and Larry, on. Uh, They're both with Forbes and we all came to a kind of consensus of a 78 game season. I think, you know, again, it would have its asterisk, but um, you could at least get a true sense of a season in in 80 games or 78 games
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um, and still play a a real playoffs. And, you know, after 80 games, you're going to have the better teams are going to kind of, you know, rise to the top and is it going to be a full season with the ups and downs? No. And you maybe do you miss out on a late push? Maybe you do, but, um, you kind of have to just go for it and, you know, taking these sleazy, selfish, um, just odd stances to kind of prolong this instead of just coming to an agreement like they could have a week ago. Uh, it's doing more damage than good at this point. And it's only, you know, the benefits are really only going to one place. Like you said,
0: mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> We can't have a 50-game season. That's where I'm at. I mean, they do a 50-game season. That's just... It wouldn't be wouldn't be right. It wouldn't be good. Uh, a perfect example is the reigning World Series champion Washington Nationals were 19-31. and 31. They were dead in the water at 50 games last year. Yeah. They turned it around and won the whole damn thing. Uh, yeah, you want to... Um, the Mets actually had a better
1: record than the Nationals in the second half last year. Most people don't know that.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's absolutely insane because the Nationals were dog shit to start of the year. Yeah. No, and the Mets
1: were, um, you know, a, a lot can happen over the span of 50, 60 games. The Mets were 40 and 20 over their last 60 games last season. That's, um, you know, that's first place material. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot can happen over the course of 60 games. And it doesn't really have time to kind of shake out and neutralize and, and regulate itself. Uh, like baseball. Kind of always has. It, it kind of needs it,
0: it really. I it mean, needs it. Uh, uh, Jose Ramirez started off sluggish last year. He was absolute dog shit. As late as 66 games into the season, he was batting sub 200. He finished 255. Still not great, but significantly better than sub 200. Yeah. <laughs> so it just, there needs to be that certain length to it for things to correct themselves because. As we've seen, there have been many times where teams get off to just super hot starts and it's like, oh, this isn't going to last. Like the Mariners last year, when they were just off to that stupid start, then, you know, water found its level and they stunk again.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Mets started in 2018, 11-1, and, and then went on to, uh, I guess, through July, they were the worst team in baseball.
0: Yeah. It just it needs time to correct itself, and I don't think 50 games is enough. Yeah. I mean, because we could no, get some and, stupid team that has no business being in the playoffs. And it's just like, watch them get absolutely just, you know, the doors blown off of them and, you know, uh, probably a, what would be a three game series they would, probably, they would probably try and throw together. Or if it's a five game and, you know, in three games, they get swept. It would just be a joke.
1: Yeah. You know what? I want to see um, if a 50 game season is the only option left. Scrap that. Let's do a full month of spring training. Get everybody in tip-top shape. Get them all ready to go. Mm-hmm. Do a round robin three-game series tournament um, to pick division winners and uh, and wild cards or whatever. Whatever you know. Let's have a let's have a tournament. Mm-hmm. Let's let's do round robin for each division. Um, you know, top two advance. You have a, a one through eight. Then you have a nine through sixteen. Um, I don't even care if it's interleague. You have your best, you know, your 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 best 16 teams in a giant tournament. Three-game series up until the, uh, the, I guess, the quarterfinals. Then you have a five-game series. And then semifinals and finals, you have seven-game series. Um, you know, it's not a season. It won't be a World Series champion. But it'll be baseball at its highest level. And people will definitely watch that. There's no doubt you could do it like 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 you said before with the NCAA tournament. You have true TV, TBS, TNT, Um, you know, all these partners. You know, I would take four days off of work to watch the first four rounds of baseball. Mm -hmm. Oh, my. I mean, the first
0: two rounds. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I I would take a week off from work to watch that. I mean, bars and shit are opening. People will go there if they don't have the channel.
1: Oh my God. I wouldn't leave my bed. I would sit in my bed in, in, well, they call it crisscross applesauce now, but my kids (laughs) dropped that on me. I said, what the fuck is crisscross applesauce? But I won't get into that. Um, but you know, I'll say, I I won't move for a week. I'll sit there and watch baseball from 6am to 9pm, whatever it is. I'll watch replays from the West coast games when I wake up. Mm -hmm. Like that would be amazing. And you know, if it comes down to it, that they can't do at least an 80 game or somewhere close to its season, Fuck it. Let's just do that. Yeah. Because it'll I'd be, be in fun. in for that. And that's what we need. That's what we need right now. We need some fun. Give us a giant tournament. The big dance. Whatever hey. you want to say. G- give us give, that. Give the winning team 50 million. That 50 million postseason pool that we're talking about. Give that to the winning team. Then hey. Split up. Split up. Oh, man. They could be so much. Pay, pay all the players on a per-game basis. Shit. Everyone would take a huge loss because some teams would only play like 15, 20 games. But fuck it. Everyone's playing literally for their paychecks. Do you know what type of high-level baseball we would see? Be Great. Oh, my God. Like, ah, oh, I got to, you know, I'm writing an email to Rob Manfred tonight. He needs to hear this.
0: Uh, he'll respond with, uh, thank you for your interest, but we are not looking to adopt any new rules at this time. Oh, no, I'll get a personalized,
1: I saw what you wrote about me on Twitter, and fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what his reply was. At. You don't talk
0: about my piece of metal that way. Yeah, oh, exactly. <laughs> oh, what a jerk.
1: You know, he was the league's lawyer or top head counsel for for all those years. Like and everyone people were actually excited when he took over the commissioner's job. Oh, look, this guy's great. He's so personable. No, he's a fucking lawyer. He knows how to be personable. He won your trust. And now he's fucking us all like, ah, oh. James, I love coming on your show because it just turns <laughs> to real talk.
0: I love it that's the goal real talk <laughs> always real talk all the time uh, Yeah. you know i just i want baseball uh i'm still very pessimistic that we get anything resembling real baseball i think the threat of replacement players is real uh i wouldn't be surprised if it happened and i think it would just make people very very upset
1: yeah. Um, I think just the absence of sports is, is, you know, is just slowly gnawing away at the, uh, the, the you know, the, the sports fan, the rabid sports fan. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I'm not even single it, singling it to baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a religion for us. We, we, we come home from work or whatever we do. Uh, we have our ritual and you know what, 7 PM or whatever, wherever your team is playing that night, you sit down and watch the game. Like, and not having that has been such a culture shock for me at least like that's just it's just so yeah. weird you know you you leave work or you wake up in the morning and it's like you know ten fifteen and it's like, oh shit, it's not even close to lunch yet. you don't even have the the ball game to look forward to like it's just such a strange feeling um you know as things go back to normal, they're not gonna feel all the way normal, and so we get sports back and that's kind of uh it's in the hands of the uh, of the league and the players now really in the hands of the league do the right thing boys